You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale Game. Hello, Riverdale Gang. Uh, I am here this week with Andrew Lynch back on the show. Uh, first time this season, I think. Yeah, I, I've been checking out of Riverdale. <laughs> I've watched the first two seasons and the first episode of this season, checked out, got caught up, and now I now watched episode 10. So I'm really excited to get your thoughts and um, opinions on what was um, I found to be a really, really all-over-the-place episode. Um, I, I, I'm really excited to get those fresh eyes on this. Um, Chloe is off being theatery and rehearsal-y this week. What's Chloe in right now? Uh, she is in one of Geek Ender's upcoming bits, um, the, uh, Ministry of Silly Walks. Oh, Ministry of Silly Walks. Yes. Um, yeah, so, uh, thank you for joining us. Um, if, if you are new to the podcast, for some reason, on the second episode, Past Midaitis, um, this is the Riverdale Gang, a critical, uh, commentary watch-long podcast. Uh, we are recorded and the show is filmed on the unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh Nations. And, um, yeah, I think we're probably going to jump right on in this time, because I don't really have any preamble. This episode's its own, um, driving narrative monster. It's called The Stranger. (laughs) Um, really, this episode in particular, I'm, I'm excited to get someone who's just, like, hammered through and caught up, because I feel like this episode resets a lot, um, narrative pacing-wise. Like, nothing that really... Everything that happened in the season so far matters, but we're in a whole... Like, stakes are nothing. Everything is everything is different now. There are no stakes. Stakes reset regularly. Apparently. Which bothers me, because I like stakes. <laughs> but, okay, we were just talking before watching about um, Infinity Warps. Yes, and uh, spoilers, if anyone hasn't seen mm-hmm, Infinity Warp... Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason. Plug your ears for the next... <laughs> minute or so yes or skip ahead a minute because i'm about to talk about it Mm -hmm. but i am of a small minority that would really really have loved if infinity war was just the end (laughs) like that's that was it that's how they ended no more movies Mm -hmm. out of the marvel universe that's that's how they finish it I think it would have been profound. And my counterpoint was that, yes, we can do that. It'd be a better story. But you can also keep telling Tom Hull and Peter Parker stories. Who? Because no one cares what canon is. It's all eight levels of fan fiction down at this point. We're writing fan fiction about fan fiction about fan fiction. And that's, like, I love embracing Riverdale through that lens as crack fan fiction written about existing crack fan fiction. But it's it's not fan fiction if it's if it's like created by Archie Comics. Like Archie Comics yeah, has a hand in this, and they that well that's that's but, what but makes why? it official. Yeah. What what's that even mean anymore though? I feel like I feel like mm-hmm. if uh, if a Spider Man story mm-hmm. is published by Marvel, mm-hmm. it's canon. Okay, even what, if it's ridiculous. But what even is canon? Spider-Ham is canon. Yeah, I know, but there's lots of universe... And that makes sense, mm-hmm, but, like, mm-hmm. if, there's, if we're going to differentiate between mm-hmm. fan fiction and canon, mm-hmm. I think, I think, canon means that the uh, creators or publishers stamp their approval on it, and fan fiction, they have not. Rather than opening a gigantic can of worms where I would posit that there is no distinction, um, I'm just going to brush over with... I think they're doing on this episode, and um, they could do with Infinity Wars, what fanfic does best. Um, embracing these really cracked out things the audience wants to see. The, the you know, it, it's become so memeable the, because it's an easy cultural reference point. Everything in Infinity Wars, everything in the Marvel Universe. Um, people text as Marvel characters. You know, it's, it's gone beyond fanfic into this mimetic... Like, people understand these character voices, and so you can do whatever you want with them, and people will buy in, is what I'm seeming to maybe see uh, from this episode of Riverdale, that they've certainly bought into doing whatever they want. Um, well, I mean, Archie Comics lets them. Yeah. That's what makes it canon. Yeah, but in there's... own universe. Yeah. Well, I think Riverdale is doing fanfic things with their canon. I think that's my roundabout way of saying this. Oh, episode. so like the writing is fan fiction. Oh yes. Oh beyond, yeah, that's different. Beyond. That's that's that happens a lot. <laughs> I think they're beca- they're increasingly arbitrary distinctions that are propped up by 
capitalistic copyright paradigms. But anyway, um, let's press play, and then I can have we can have strong opinions as we go okay. about what is and isn't real. But okay. I missed that. Yeah. So previously on Riverdale, um, previously on Riverdale, nothing matters because apparently charges. I didn't remember charges being dropped. And I watched this show pretty intensely. Are they playing Dungeons and Dragons, or sorry, Griffins and Gargoyles in costume? Well, yes, their parents were. That's the Midnight's Club episode, uh. they, the cosplay episode. Because, like, we play D&D a lot. I'm playing D&D tomorrow night. Yeah. We don't wear costumes to play D&D. I think that's part of the, like, this is, they're so, so into it thing, is that they wound up, they, they built these characters who are LARPing along with their G&G game. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that's... Although that now sounds fun, doing a D&D plot. Oh, that's got to be a thing. I set up like it's a new (laughs) idea, as if millions of nerds don't already do that, probably. (laughs) But the accepted premise that um, everyone plays G&G and it's cool, so cool that even the popular kids LARP, uh, I think is meant to underscore the brain control of the cult. Which says something about this generation here. Remember when D&D used to be like, not cool, and now all the cool kids at Riverdale are playing it? Funnily enough, that keeps coming up with you, with other guests, with Chloe as, like, a standard problem with suspension of disbelief that everyone cool would play G&G. Um, no, I don't have a... I don't suspend the disbelief. I would mm-hmm. I would not believe that 20 years ago. I'd believe it now. Yeah, like... I would I, believe that in a high school now, like, the cool kids play D&D. Everyone comments it on, on it as, a, as an interesting paradigm that Riverdale's doing differently. Then I think then most people tell that story, even as they're leaning into all these stereotypes about uh, mind controlliness. But then again, these cool kids are also twenty-five-year-old adults who just break out of jail. And I guess I really think I must have missed something. Like I need to go back and watch last week's episode a a, a, a fourth time. I just got the recap, and it looks like yeah. Archie was attacked by a bear. And he's looking, looking pretty sexy for a kid who was attacked by a bear. One strike. The bear gave him one gentle stroke Very gentle. Chest. Very gentle. And then he died and was reborn and walked back from Canada. But, like, they're not even pretending that makes sense anymore. And then he just walked home. Like, hey, Dad, busted out of jail. Uh, got attacked by a bear. And now I'm cool. I'm back. Everyone hey. rolls with it. But his dad didn't even be like, hey, aren't you supposed to be in jail? Didn't You got attacked by a bear? Oh my god, how are you not dead? And the principal's so cool with him being back. Like, yeah, well, we'll get to that. I don't... You, Veronica... Okay, I'm just saying words on screen now, because I'm flailing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this this episode blindsided me, but I also thought they did an interesting ep- uh, job last episode in setting up some sense of time skip, some sense of, okay, we're just jumping, barreling forward. Um, and I think, <coughs> oddly similar to something they did last year, if you remember the Black Hood um, arc, they had kind of a fake-out beat around the mid-season hiatus. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, 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 um, I remember it standing out as really weird last year when they undercut all of their stakes, all of their plots halfway through the season. Um, and I wonder, you've, you've watched all, all, uh, most of the, um, Netflix Marvel TV shows, right? Uh, yes. I, I watched the first three episodes of Iron Fist and quit that. Um, and then I didn't watch, I started watching Punisher, and this is also not a popular Mm -hmm, opinion. mm -hmm. I didn't really love it. You and me both, you and me both. But But just, like, I just don't like Punisher. I don't know, I don't, I don't get, (coughs) I I don't really relate to angry dudes that want to murder everything. (laughs) Like Archie is sometimes. Um, I don't find, like, angry, angry characters that just, like, want to justifiably murder everyone I don't mm-hmm. relate to. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised that's a lot of people's fantasy is to murder everything. That type of hyperviolence, catharsis. Yeah, I, I also really spaced out on the Punisher. But um, the, the ones I think I was really meaning Jessica Jones. Um, and thinking of the, the, the pacing yeah. of a show like Jessica Jones. I like the Jones. first season a lot. The second season I didn't love that much. No, but they both, they both had kind of an arc to it that um, peaked a few times. Um, what I'm getting at is I, I think there's a binge arc. Like, you, you think of the, the, like, middle school English class plot climax arc. Um, I don't think these seasons are following what, are following that 
in the same way anymore. Um, things feel really weird, really flat, reset to almost like, um, almost the beginning of the season stakes this episode, but with all of the accepted ridiculousnesses from the first half of the season, um, I feel like there's maybe a new, a new sort of story pacing that's, uh, happening here compared to, like, TV two years ago, three years ago, um... I'm, re- I'm just interested in how much of that might be coming from a binge view perspective. Because it reminds me more of good shows that I've binged than it does good shows that I've network TV'd. That Riverdale does now? Yeah, yeah. In in what is working with what they're doing. There's a lot that they're doing. They're doing a lot right now. Like having Alice just give away her daughter's money. Um, I liked this move as a new ridiculousness Alice Cooper is pulling. Because that also feels more grounded, which is that I think when Riverdale is more, like, grounded and has, like, one plot mm-hmm. or maybe two to follow, mm-hmm. like, in its earlier seasons, I found it a lot stronger. Yeah. Um, it reminded me of the O.C. Did you ever watch the O.C.? Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> when I was in high school, the O.C. <laughs> was the bomb. Like, everybody watched the O.C. And if you go back and watch it and you compare it to, like, Riverdale... There's a lot less murder <laughs> in the OC. I mean, a kid gets Significantly shot. less. But it's a big deal when a kid gets shot in the OC. Yeah. We're just kind of normalizing all the... I mean, there could be a paradigm about like, normalizing kids getting shot 20 years later. Social. Like, spoiler alert for the second season of the OC. <laughs> but, like, when Marissa shoots Ryan's brother, and he lives, too. <laughs> like, he, she doesn't kill him. I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of people shot. That's that's like what that was like a television event. Was oh my god that that was the, mm-hmm, ooh, mm-hmm. what you say and that was that you only met. It was like everyone was talking about it. No one would shut up about when Marissa shots Ryan's brother. It was incredible. But like if anything like that, like if, if Betty shot, um, Archie doesn't have. Do any of them have brothers? No, we've skipped over. Well. Fake brothers. Or like, okay, well, what, what if, like, Jughead shot, um, Betty's sister? Yeah. If that would just be another Polly. episode of Riverdale. I'd be like, it would be a commercial break. You know, like, I wouldn't blink at this point if Jughead just, just gunned Polly down in the streets and they moved on. No, not that um, he would. I was like, in the yeah. context of Riverdale, like, that's a commercial break. Whereas they, that used to be a season ender. And I feel like that's, <laughs> that's what makes every, that's what lowers the stakes, mm-hmm. though. With, with stuff like this. Like, Archie got attacked by a bear. Now, this show, though, I think they kind of are embracing this. I I, I think they're, um, like, they're they're so past the shark. They've, they're just, <laughs> they're just lining sharks up now. And, and, like, skipping shark to shark to shark. Um, <laughs> I like per, that metaphor. Per episode. Like, I feel like they're, they're leaning hard into what's so absurd. Um... Again, I really want to go back and rewatch and, and assess. Have we ever actually explained Archie being exonerated from breaking out of prison with that murder charge still hanging over his head? Because he, he, the the core plot of this episode is him stressing about the SATs, and it's so which whiplash. feels more OC. Yeah, um, I like that the OC is the grounding point you pulled on because it's this is the the inheritor. Riverdale is the inheritor of the OC. As far as a studio, as far as a, a like a television social place, I really think the um, OC also was guilty of having like gleanagers and yeah. and guns and stuff. It's a long CW produced tradition to have the gleanagers. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm not sure what what in Archie comics gives them permission to go off the deep end so much. But this is also not the first weird spin-off to go off the deep end in Archie. Like He's uh, met the Punisher. Hey, they're both Netflix shows. Oh god, that could happen. It that, won't happen. Disney's no, but leaving it them could. but <laughs> I mean it I think that time might have passed. It because, wouldn't be good for because anyone. I would watch that. I would watch that episode, I'll give you that. Just, I, but you know what? I wouldn't binge through the second season of Punisher just to watch that episode. I'd watch it without context. Oh of course. The time has passed. <sighs> there's a surprising amount of plot. Um, I'm I'm really curious as someone who hasn't been following very closely this season, how much of this made sense to you, Andrew? How much of the big schemings that were thrown in? I feel like I got it. You got the gist? I, I kind of got the gist. Good. Um, I feel like that's kind of intended to 
as well at this point. Like, the show's gotten pretty decent at explaining all of the ridiculousnesses. Um, just with visual cues, just shorthand at this point of its own pastiche. I feel like I, I generally know where we are in the level of ridiculousness, just from, like, the color scheme. But how no, uh, neon and over the top it is. Are there any scenes where, like, like in this scene here, he's intimidating. Every scene is somebody intimidating someone and wanting someone. Yep. Do they ever have fun scenes anymore? No. Like, like just scenes where, like, you know, they're having fun. Mm, when they, when they play the entire song, sometimes <laughs> when the kids sing and they play the entire song, I think is one of the only times we get these extraneous. Um, kids being kids. I remember when in the first season when Josie and the Pussycats sang Sugar Honey Honey. Yep. It was great. It was wild. fun. And it wasn't used to score a sad montage. I, I would love for them to just take a little break from all this drama. Mm. Um, like this SAT thing was so dark and serious. I feel like it could have been kind of fun. Like Archie struggling with the SAT and it would have room for some jokes and you know a little break of tension, because it seems like every scene, the stakes are too high. Yeah. Well, like, if the stakes are that high in every single scene, every single time, eventually I just get numb to it. And it's funny, because the, to me, this episode felt like a relief of stakes, compared to um, following the show weekly with a slow burn. This, this, this episode had the most stakes jammed into it, but it actually had a little release valve. Because, yeah, I haven't. High schoolers I have not, again, been watching this entire season. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, Archie was in a underground fight gang, apparently. That yep. sounds ridiculous. Yep. Yeah. It's... That doesn't sound fun. Where's fun? We need some fun. Shouldn't Jughead be the fun one? You know, I'd say. I'd say it was fun in the we're going to give up on reality and fully embrace this is Archie doing Fight Club parody now. It was fun in that way. It was fun in the rules don't matter everything is fake and we're just going to... It was fun in the Treehouse of Horrors way for the first half of the season for me. Um, that's how I started looking at it, as a Treehouse of Horrors episode. This whole this whole show is a Treehouse of Horror Archie episode. Yes. And I've said that before, where it feels like a Family Guy joke that they've run with. Mm, mm, like, they've done mm, it, they have done, like, a Family Guy joke back when Family Guy was funny in the late 90s <laughs> that I loved was the Scooby-Doo murder files. And they got the old voice actress from the original Scooby-Doo to come and do like a quick cutaway back when Family Guy was actually good at those. They haven't been good at that for a decade. But anyway, where it was like the Scooby-Doo murder files. And it was like, Freddy, like, wow, we, we uncovered this horrible murder. And they're like, but they're mm -hmm. still like light and fun. Yeah. But they're just like dealing with a corpse. Yeah. Like, that's funny. And that's what this whole show is. Yeah. But like it... It just keeps going. It's the juxtaposition of high school sugar sugar with um, Twin Peaks. Of, like, 50s wholesomeness. And they keep flogging that horse. But they do they do keep finding new angles to do it with. Um, the I guess, heavy, heavy genre play this season, um, I find it interesting that they've, they've walked away from that. Again, a lot of the episodes that we've crammed you through uh, today were all really over-the-top... Um, like, pocket episodes where this episode was completely a, um, a reference to this homage, that homage, uh, the like, Breakfast Club episode. You can't even have fun listening to Veronica sing. It has to have a dramatic flashback. Can't we just have fun for one minute? No, he just has to beat himself to death, mentally and physically and psychologically. I'm so dramatic. <laughs> dramatic. This is a show where... The, um... I had to kind of just accept the given circumstances that the characters described this episode as well, um, with Veronica Reggie. I didn't actually see Archie has changed. Very I like much. that Betty's dad is Hannibal Lecter now. I really enjoyed. Hello, Betty. This is the most I've enjoyed Hal Cooper on my screen since Hal Cooper existed. They were like full Hannibal on this. I think is that the same set. It looks like the same set from Silence of the Lambs. Even the context that I think it's the same this, is how Betty, this is how Betty visits with her dad. That is the same costume Anthony World. Hopkins wears in Silence of the Lambs. Yep. Yep. Everything about this is hard reference. But I like it. I've, I've, I've drank the Kool-Aid now, I think. Because, because this is actually 
less heavy-handed than it's been all season. Or are they are they foreshadowing that uh, there's going to be another real murder, and the only one who knows how to solve it is uh, Betty Cooper's dad, and they have to go to him, and he's like... You've come to me, have you, Betty? Yes, I know exactly how to take a corpse apart. I mean, that's basically what he does this episode. He Hannibal Lecter's her investigation. Um, I did like um, the, that there was an actual power play here. Um, this is the, the first time that I felt... Uh, first time in a while that I've uh, we have really seen characters negotiating... Um, an actual exchange. You know, like, last last episode, Veronica negotiates with her dad. Oh, yeah, escalate, gang fight, gang fight, gang fight. Um, but Betty actually can play this one-on-one information banter with her dad. Um, I enjoyed that groundedness, uh, weirdly. Hannibal was more grounding than um, anything this episode. We're all over the place. Which, again, makes it feel like a Treehouse of Horrors episode when they yeah, make all these yeah. weird references to other movies. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I, th- I think that's almost <laughs> that's just locker style. Room. I love the gratuitous nudity. This episode was heavy-handed <laughs> on it uh, as well. Um, again, I think that's intentional, like... Oh, mom. it's very intentionally because the audience is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, probably teenage girls. Yes. So they're like... Let's get the boys nice and naked. I got attacked by a bear, but don't worry. It just made me hotter. I'll say again, I appreciate that they do they do uh, keep a lens more on male bodies. Uh, I think more often than uh, than the women on the show. I would imagine that's due to demographics that watch the show. That could be Teenage the Girls and Deaths, Ryan. Teenage Girls and Deaths. I've been in worse company. It's been so much of my life, teenage girls and me. Um, well, like, well, just with that lens, you can. T- uh, mm-hmm. it, it is fun to have it like switched because it usually is like a male lens. Mm-hmm. But having it like, for example, like when Archie goes to prison, it's mm-hmm. not. It, like if you look at footage of an actual juvenile detention center, mm-hmm. it looks very different than a bunch of hunky twenty-five-year-old models. Yes. Uh, lifting weights and then fighting each other. But don't worry, at the end of the fight, they still look pretty. They also, um, actually, it's it's interesting when you, when you bring that up the the, the prison beefcake because um, Chloe and I talked quite a bit the first half of the season about objectification, what the show's doing um, with that lens. Um, they went real heavy handed, uh, way past what I think was comfortable for quote unquote teenager characters in the first half of the season. Um, I don't feel weirded out by the beefcake in this episode. Um, because, like, imagine it's... if they were actually 15-year-old actors. Oh, yeah, it'd be so weird. It'd be weird. It'd be so it'd be weird. weird. But um, they've regrounded us in high school here um, for the first time since Archie's been arrested, really, in any substantial way. There's been scenes through the season. But, um, yeah, I feel like we're back to the high school beefcake rather than what was the uncomfortably fight club level. Uh, violence, nudity, and and violence, fetish, new, like, weird like hyper masculine lens. I still stuff. wish they would just give it a little flair of the classic Archie, just to like I'm fine with the dark and the murder and the sex, but I, I've said this before. I just want Moose to go into Mister Weatherby's office, Mister Weatherby to say, "Hey Moose, take a seat," and he goes, Duh, "Thanks, Mister Weatherby," and walks out with a chair, well, like just a little, a little Archie, a little flair. wholesomeness. I mean. Mr. Lodge's porcelain container is broken. This really? Episode. Did that happen? Yeah. Didn't you see? No. Okay, well, I'm going to watch for yeah. that. Did Archie break it, though? It has Maybe. to be Archie. Okay, because oh. it has to be Archie, and he has to put it back together. Well, we'll get, we'll get there when we start shooting people. <laughs> um, also, Principal Featherhead. I just love the name. Every Archie time. and Rosa, are you gonna stay here all night? Uh, gee, Mister, w- uh, gee, Mister Lodge, I'd have to call my mom, but okay. I feel like <laughs> just a little, somehow, a little bit of that. Come on. Somehow that quote sounds just exact every time you do it, Andrew. I'm impressed with your consistency. I just, I just want it. Yeah. <laughs> I just want a little classic Archie. Betty and Veronica competing for Archie's love, just a little bit like less, a little more wholesome, a little more fun. Thoughts on our love triangle of the episode? Um, well, being Reggie, Archie, and Veronica. Yeah, I'm just waiting for them to. <laughs> Boys, don't fight over me. You can 
both marry me. Yeah, that sounds vintage. Um, so Penelope Blossom visiting her ex-lover. There's a few things that they, like, set up in season two that I feel like they just remembered this episode. The whole Penelope Blossom being a madame of, um, or not even a madame, but wanting to be a madame. Just being a sex worker who wants to hold her own brothel. Um, just, like, gently poking at that plot point. How big is the town of Riverdale? This is a very good question. Um, it seems to oscillate between uh, one small hall in which the entire town fits and a medium-sized city, depending on the needs of the plot. There are, at any given... There's, there were two high schools, but now there are only one, and that's fine, and no one cares, and everyone fits in that. Or is it like Springfield? Because the more I watch it, the more and more Riverdale is becoming Springfield. It's very Springfield It takes place wherever it needs to take place, Mm-hmm. And it has whatever it needs to have. Like, Springfield has hurricanes and yep. tornadoes and yep. snowstorms yep. and is on the ocean. Yep. And, uh, like, it has everything, it has every single geographic of the United States in it. Yep. Just so that it can, any plot they need to happen can happen. Mm-hmm. And Riverdale's starting to feel like that. They're following those rules. Um... I, I think they're doing it consciously at this point. Um, I, I do think they're... This is kind of what I mean, giving up some of the conventions of canon this episode. Um, well, because, I mean, I'm just looking at this, like, this... Right now we're seeing, like, demon gangs uh, branding people. Off in the woods. And, like, if this is a small enough town to only have one high school, <laughs> this is one effed up <laughs> town. Because, like, half the population is either, is, like... In a gang. In a gang. One or in a cult. <laughs> like, the whole town is effed up. Whereas if it was... If it was a larger town, or, like, a small yep. city, this could be a small sex that we're watching. You would hide this in a city. But, yeah, but, like, if this is just a town, yep. how is it... Yeah. How is, like, the, the, the army not come in and been, like, okay, cult town? Well, I mean, they were quarantined, and then that meant nothing. We haven't even gotten back in two episodes to the fact that the entire town is quarantined because everyone's been having spontaneous seizures. That plot point is just floating. Oh, I didn't even hear about that. <laughs> yeah, so what? They were it all having so inco- seizures? It was so inconsequential to... There's so many balls in the air. Um, yeah, that's just a commercial break. So Tallboy felt like the um, Mr. Svensson of this episode to me. Also, Mr. Svensson? What? Yeah, if you recall that Mr. Svensson was a fake-out Black Hood. Um, I, oh, I feel yeah. like we've got a I forgot about that, yeah. Obvious plant fake out Goblin King. Um This episode swung hard into the Scooby Doo there's a mundane ep- explanation for everything. Um after quite a while committing mundane. to Mundane. Oh, I'm about to defend Scooby Doo, but it's off topic. Uh, vintage I love Scooby-Doo. vintage Scooby Doo, where yeah. it's all humans under a mask except for crossovers. Oh I love yeah. Scooby Doo is brilliant. Kids need to watch Scooby Doo. Everyone who is trying to scare you really just wants your money and there is no such thing as ghosts. But in this episode, all of the things that were sort of set up as maybe paranormal in the first season, or not all of them, but uh, they begin undercutting these things um, somewhat, stepping away from the supernatural. Um, this, show's, this show's been waffling back and forth between wanting to be magic, wanting to share a world with Sabrina, and not... I'm not sure where they're they at. They gotta cross that over, though, because I love Sabrina. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think that... Are they planning to? They have to. Well, they're not the same networks. They're both they're Netflix. Both, they're both Netflix. They but, reference each other. But Riverdale is run on the CW. <coughs> oh, and Sabrina's not. Yes, so... There's gotta be a way. Like, from what I understand, uh, I think Sabrina was originally shopped to uh, to the CW, mm-hmm. but um, for various reasons, in its current, much darker form, um, wound up on Netflix. Uh, so even though there's overlap, there's intended narrative overlap, I don't so, know if we'll ever get to it. Just getting back to the show that we're here, oh, yeah. Reggie, Reggie was using Tinder. Are you allowed to use Tinder if you're under 18? I mean... Which this 30-year-old man obviously could, but, like, the character is supposed to be, like, 15. 
I, th- I don't think they're allowed to use Tinder. I think they just write teenagers as adults at this point and don't even try. But also maybe teenagers use Tinder? I mean, I'm sure some of them, like, like in the same way teenagers to? get into clubs with fake IDs. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. but it seems like that's... Getting into a club is one thing. Drinking yeah. underage is one thing. But using Tinder, I feel like you're you're someone's going to end up in jail. Yeah, is, is, no, this is, is the is only a fair thing. point. This is yeah. a fair point because like you you don't match with people who you are assuming are going to be underage when you go on Tinder. I mean, I've I've never used Tinder because I've been with my girlfriend for seven years now. <laughs> uh, we predate Tinder. <laughs> So I'm assuming though that you like you have to be you have to be 18. I think that if, would make if sense. If I made Tinder, yeah. obviously that's the first thing I'd do. That feels like a make that a rule. rule. Um, but you know what? They've also referenced Humper, Fake Grinder. Everyone just does what they want in this world. You'd have and to have like a teenage bird, like teenage Tinder. <laughs> but then you'd have people pretending <laughs> to be teenagers. Oh God! It just keeps getting worse. Like, the trick. How are you? You're either sleeping with a bunch of adults who ethical landmine ethical landmine or you're hunting in a needle in in the haystack for other children pretending to be adults there's no can't your kids just uh, invite each other to the old uh the old snowflake ball like we used to the enchantment under the sea ball whatever happened to just doing that going to a milkshake it pops everyone gets shot at balls now that's how riverdale do people don't gather in groups bigger than five Someone might get shot. I would just like the stakes in one season to be, uh, gee whiz, I want to ask Betty the, uh, to the prom, but, uh, gee, I'm just uh, too nervous. But they did that. This episode, the SAT stakes are treated with the same gravity that all these murders are. This episode did this. As close as the show's done it, I would say, they treated the stupidly mundane, oh my gosh, Arch, the SATs are up in a week. I guess it just felt weird that he's like... Oh, I just broke out of prison. I'm wanted for murder. A bear attacked me. Then the SATs in tomorrow. Oh, jeez. Exactly. It's super cracked. And See, I if think they, they're if they, just if embracing they referenced that. It, I would have laughed. I think that's a good like punchline. But it's almost as though they forgot. I feel like at this point, there's a punchline going unsaid as a running undercurrent. Like, I, I feel like we're there with what this show has become. Because, um, there's, again, there's a lot of smart things going into the creation of this super dense episode. This episode really could be and should be a real hot mess. But I found it quite easy to follow. I found it quite easy to get swept up in this. Um, and and to pick up the threads of what really are some disconnected noise. Uh, piles of noise. Like, what if while she was talking to Hannibal's father here, mm. she was like, Dad, we need money for the school dance, otherwise they're, we're not going to have a prom. Well, she has real problems, because now she's destitute, because her I, mother defrauded her. I know, I just want a wholesome Archie. Fraud is more topical. <laughs> I mean, I loved the murder, but it's too much. Now, I, w- I would like them to just take a break and have one wholesome plot. But if they started stepping it back, there'd be no... You can't you can't blink, I feel like, with the kind of absurdity that they've committed to. If the moment they blink and stop taking themselves this intensely seriously, the whole thing would just collapse. It's built on its own, like, absurd tensions and... Like, it's... it's it's way... It, I think it's just crack taking itself seriously at this point, and I'm... I'm here for that. I know. It just needs a little comic relief. I will give you that. Hot, it needs hot dog typing at the computer going, and it says woof, 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 woof. And everyone goes, wow. And then Jughead goes, hey, don't be too impressed. That's all he can type. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just regurgitating my favorite Archie comic panels. <laughs> Let's, I got an Archie comic right here. Let's go through it. Let's read some quotes Let's, while Jughead's dad makes a I got citizen's myself a Doug, arrest. Jughead right here. And Jughead double digest. Let's just see now. So much is happening and it means nothing on uh, screen. See, here we have, uh, we have Dilton going, there it is. Your computer just slipped into sleep mode. <laughs> and then uh, see... See, Jughead here... We're just going to ignore this breakup. ...is, uh, is sleeping on the computer, 
and the teacher's going, apparently it's not the only thing. What is this teacher's name? I forget his name. Oh my gosh, I'm out of reading. Oh, I have no idea. Uh, teachers that have not graced our screen yet and not slept with any underage children yet. 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 I put... There, everything is yet when it comes to Archie. Oh, there's an ad for a, for an old school Sabrina the Teenage Witch book. What what issue is this with Melissa yeah, Joan Melissa Hart? Joan Hart. Uh, this is Archie Digest Library number ninety nine from the year. Oh gosh, I don't know. Let's take a look. <laughs> What's going on in the actual show? They're breaking while I up. Look it up. They're oh they break they're, they're oh, yeah, having, yeah, they break up all the time. I mean Archie yeah they're having goodbye sex when they both know they were gonna break up but then they don't break up. But then they do break up this time. They're having goodbye sex. This is from 2003. That aged nicely. No wonder it's got Melissa Joan Hart <laughs> It's in got it. an Ozzy and Drex ad in it. <laughs> what? From Osmosis Jones? The sequel to Osmosis Jones? No, the TV show. What? It did not have the same voice actors, because David Hyde Pierce and Chris Rock have better things to do. We've delved into very niche places while Archie and Veronica make out. It's... See, this is necessary. a perfect time for them to, like, while they're making out, to go inside their bodies and <laughs> and show Ozzy and Drix dealing with all the STDs that they have to fight. Oh, God, these hormones! Gosh, gosh! I haven't seen this show in ages, so I would do a voice that was more accurate. <laughs> so now, okay, SATs. The SATs are the A-plot of this massive hot mess. What's, um, what's non-pedophilic Miss Grundy saying now? <laughs> non-pedophilic Miss... Okay, so, so here, we've got Jughead's gag bag. All right, so, Miss Grundy says, You finished reading Grey's Elegy, Archie. Tell me, what's it about? Uh, well, uh, you know, the usual thing. You obviously didn't read the assignment, Jughead. Uh, uh, what? What's it about? About half past two. <laughs> see, here. see, it's funny because uh, Jughead there was sleeping in class the whole time, and he looks at his watch. <laughs> and she, see, Jughead didn't read the assignment. See, oh, right here, this exam scene. They yep. could have had this exact scene. You could have just stuck a gag in. Like, why not? Like, why not? He's like, Archie gets mad. He's about to break his pencil here because he's like, I'm just so sexy and dramatic. Tension. Mm, I gotta go punch a mirror. I'm just thinking about punching that. Oh mirror. gosh, oh, he does gosh. go punch a mirror, doesn't he? Okay, so here's Miss, I don't know her name, Miss History. And <laughs> she's, she's never, Miss has never been seen before and will never be seen again. So Miss History there is like, Archie, get back in here. Farnsworth, uh, Fairweather, but then, something. But like, Jughead could have easily been asleep and been like, Jones, wake up or you'll fail. And he goes, eh, it's about half past two. Like, just a little, a little break of tension. And then we could have gone to him punching. They That's, were very busy referencing his psychological traumas to sneak a gag in. A little, a little gag before and after wouldn't have hurt. Let's find another gag bag. Now, I like these one panels. How do we feel about the fact that Archie very obviously didn't shoot Hiram Lodge because of how obvious it is he shot Hiram Lodge? In this moment. Oh, right look, here? Look, look, porcelain. He's Where? holding high-quality... Oh, China. Oh, the China. In his hand. Oh, but Archie didn't in, break it. He just shot sure? the guy holding are it. Are we sure? The bullet goes through the porcelain. Uh, gee, Mr. Witherby. Oh, oh, no, wait. That's Mr. Lodge. Sorry. <laughs> uh, gee whiz, Mr. Lodge. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just uh, looking at your gun collection over there, and I uh, accidentally <laughs> shot you. And look right here. He's like, Andrews. About to kick him out of the house. <sighs> And then. Oh, gee whiz. Oh, that was your favorite cup, too. Oh, no, and your heart. Oh, that was your favorite heart. Oh, gee whiz, Mr. Lodge. Okay, so who hasn't suffered a debilitating, possibly deathly injury on this show? Because <laughs> the list is getting small. Uh, most of the girls. Fair point. Fair point. It's just Archie's suffered so many this season. Archie, Jughead, Reggie, no, that he almost shot someone but wasn't shot himself. And then Betty's money is gone. Tightly resolving this because apparently she's not going to go through suing her mom because the money's already gone. And you can't say to your mom or her cults, I need all of my money back at this point. This was uh, an unsatisfactory resolution for me, this scene. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. I did note um, a strong visual contrast in um, a lot of very, very flat colors on all of our big four this episode um that i rather liked um 
they were often surrounded by really bold neons, bright, uh, um, the kind of lighting that's been signature this season and this, this series. Um, but the, the four leads have looked extremely, extremely flat, extremely washed out, extremely monochrome all episode. I like it. Um, I think it's, I bet it's intentional. Oh, Little Jughead! What's Little Jughead up to? This Do you remember Little Archie and Little Jughead? Of course, it's where we get Fangs Fogarty from. Where we get what? Sweet Pea and Fangs. <laughs> fangs is from Little Archie? Yeah, Fangs is from Little Archie. Uh, Was uh, he a vampire? He has to have been. What? Is that why he no. got his name? No. He I don't was... know. They have a teenage witch that's not far-fetched. Fair point, fair point, fair point. No, Fangs was the one of the bullies. Oh, that is a bully name. That's such a, like, 90s bully name, but also a 50s bully name. It's like, it's ice and the... Uh, and bruiser here. Yeah. I, I like that on-screen Fangs is just this confused, nervous young man who just makes repeated mistakes as the pawn of Jughead scheming. He is not a player at all. <sighs> oh, did Archie and Veronica break up again? Oh, no. So many breakups. Um, and then we have a little accidental murder. Another one. Okay, so no Boy Boy died there, but mm -hmm. here's a Jughead's gag bag I found. <laughs> now, let's see how we can incorporate this gag bag into this murder scene. So, yes. in the gag bag, yeah. uh, Jughead goes, Ah, uh, gee, Arch, no TV. And Archie goes, uh, Come on, Jug. Oh, we gotta study for that test. Don't think about TV. <laughs> now, if Jennifer had to divide four cups of coffee between five friends... Oh, uh, excuse me, Arch. You just reminded me of all the new episodes on must-see TV. See, referring to Friends, which was still on the air at the time of <laughs> writing this comic. Um, that what? Now, how that's can we punchline? How can we integrate that into that scene there, where they're like, "Ah, gee whiz, there's a, a boy boy here who got murdered," and that's... he's like, "Murder? Oh, you reminded me that Murder She Wrote is on TV. Oh, I want to watch the new episode." It's not even a joke. <laughs> but it still makes more logical sense. <laughs> um, they never explain why Jughead's reaction is throw a party, exactly, either. They don't explain what his plan for the corpse is. Let's see if we can find one of the answers here in, uh... In, Jughead, uh Jughead's... Op Operation Nightmare. Operation Nightmare. It's really long. It would take me a while mm. to read it. Let's see if I can just skip to the end. Some gags we can insert instead to, to add some levity to this serious father-son conversation, which I rather liked, um... Uh, oh, uh, Fred Andrews. Um, blah, 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 blah. That dude. His actor. Fred Andrews' actor. I, um... Rather liked his sad, concerned dadding this episode. Um, again, fully embracing the whole ignoring, hand-waving murder charges thing. Second murder. Second murder of the episode. That's an ad for Funko Pops? They were around back then? Whoa! That... That's like the steamboat really of Funko Pops. Yeah, it's, it's blowing my mind, but there were Funko Pops in 2003, listeners. No, that's a mail-order fill-in. Only nine ninety five Funko. Should we mail one in? I don't think it would end well for us. Why not? Because we'd probably lose nine ninety five in U.S. plus shipping and handling, and get told this is a fifteen year old ad. I don't see an expiry date. We might order a Funko Pop, gang. I, I'm, like, seriously down to do this. Oh, no, never mind. Here it is. <laughs> Offer expires December 31st, 2003. Just uh, missed it. Just missed it. This was the most interesting Hal Cooper. Um, I feel like this actor got permission to stop playing bad camp Don Draper dad and just be Hannibal and ran with it. Because I have not enjoyed a single moment of this actor on screen until here. Um... I really liked his scenes with Betty this episode, I, I will say. I thought they had good chemistry, um, and I thought it was a fun uh, direction for Betty to lean into uh, from where she's been. Are there any... Uh, this is all Jughead, right? This this, this is digest. a Jughead uh, comic, yeah. There's Ethel. Oh, Ethel. No, that's not a good gag. I just saw Ethel and got excited. <laughs> As if the old Ethel gags were great. Anything other than, Ethel sure isn't attractive. <laughs> wop, 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 wow. It's nice when they finally got past that after 40 years or so. Okay, so Jughead is throwing a party to deal with his corpse. And these two children who just murdered a dude are looking pretty nervous. 
this is something that's signaling to me that they're not taking their own world seriously and fully embracing the crack, and that we had two murders this episode alone of, like, main I mean, supporting Hiram's not her. dead. No, Tallboy and Claudius. Uh, the Blossom Claudius dude. is dead? Yeah, the dude in, um, in prison. I don't remember him dying, and I've watched this episode twice. <laughs> you you had your nose in the gag the second time, to be fair. But yeah, he died. They citizen arrest him. He's almost the sheriff. Then he's not the sheriff. Then he dies in the prison cell, and it's no big thing. Um, we're just hammering through characters at this point. See, in this in this in this issue, they go bowling in the hallways of the school. Oh, Weatherby. Why don't they do that in this show a little bit? I assume they're busy with the murder. Well, no, what happened is Archie, being a klutz, dropped the bowling ball down the stairs, and it knocked over <laughs> Mr. Weatherby. Those are some stakes. So, so Mr. Weatherby is writhing in pain, bleeding on the floor here, uh, <laughs> and Archie's like, you did it, you did it! And Mr. Weatherby's like, I did what? And Archie goes, oh, you saved my bowling ball. Uh, thanks, Mr. Weatherby. <laughs> Classic. Classic. Uh, and Weatherby takes credit for this. That's the gag. Weatherby's excited to be a hero by stopping a bowling ball that he's fine. Well, he smashed his head. He doesn't even know who he is anymore. <laughs> you can see by the twirlies going around Mr. Weatherby's head that he's, like, lost all stream of consciousness. Meanwhile, Fight Club, Club Beefcake and apparently emerging alcoholism. Um, you can You can have both. Yes, they, like, they Ar- go well together, arguably. Archie just keeps dropping his bowling ball. He, like, he drops it and it crashes in the kitchen, uh, knocking over a whole bunch of of plates and stuff. You can add that. It could be because of his alcoholism that, <laughs> that Archie is consistently dropping his bowling ball in the school hallway, <sighs> just like in this comic here. Now... The sort of man who can repeatedly drop a bowling ball, you know, eight or nine times in a school day, flinging it through windows and labs and just kind of walk away. This feels like the sort of man who could just roll through a couple of murder charges and bumble on back into. Like, I'm accepting Archie having a consistent level of clumsiness and absurdity. He's not very clumsy in this show. Like, he's just sexy and smashing that, uh punching bag there but it feels like he just needs one shot where in that scene he misses the punching bag and it goes out and then hits him and he falls over and he goes i think we're supposed to feel sad for archie right now a little bit of clumsy archie i do like the filler episodes where they get goofy we haven't had a good goofy filler episode in riverdale for a while just plot just so much so much plot well, that's the end of that episode. I enjoyed myself. Um, I'm I'm curious where they're going. Um, much like last year, uh, it's nowhere near anything that seemed to be set up or promised or hinted at in the first half of the season whatsoever. But it is using itself, at least. Thank you for delving back into um, into this realm and universe and catching up uh, it just gave for me, us. It gave me an excuse to read through this old uh, Drughead Double Digest that I got. And they like, come on, you gotta admit, they can add like one or two of these little wholesome twin- t- twinks. Uh, twinges. <laughs> little twinges. They've got plenty of wholesome twinks. <laughs> 25-year-old hunky twinks. <laughs> They've got like uh, just a little bit of wholesomeness. You can add you can add the bowling ball gag to the al- alcoholism. I'm telling you, it'd work. I, 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 there was an episode last season. There was the Betty sleuths and accidentally just catches the mayor in an affair episode last last season. I that felt like the closest they've ever gotten to that sort of light shenanigans. Mm. I like it. I could use more episodes like that. Um, I doubt we're gonna get them though because. <laughs> Nothing this week promised levity whatsoever in any way, shape, or form. Betty is destitute. Veronica's, uh, family is dying? Also, her dad tried to kill Archie so many times. Could you really blame him if he did shoot Hiram? Really? Really? Hiram put Archie in an underground fight ring where he tried to, like fight him to death against juvenile convicts for entertainment. He's just a little nervous because I've tried to kill him so many times. (laughs) (sighs) 
that's us this week, gang. Um, I'll be back next week with Chloe, I suspect. And um, another romp into the neon-filled um, disaster dark sugar trash pile. Uh, Andrew, thanks for hanging out with us again. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a blast. And um, more Riverdale uh, coming right back at you. Can I, can I plug something? Yeah, plug a thing. Cool. If you're listening to this when it comes out and not after February... Um, oh, I already lost it. Oh, yeah. Uh, and not after... Um, the next comedy event. Yeah. Geek comedy event. And not after February 24th, 2019, and you're in the Vancouver area. Mm-hmm. On February 24th, 2019, in the Vancouver area, at the Anza Club, is our Femageddon GVN. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, uh, GVN, is Geeks vs. Nerds. I, I'm talking to Ryan, like, he knows what it is. But yeah, you but you not. don't. Uh, it's Geeks vs. Nerds. It is a uh, comedy podcast where we have debates. Where this is again why I like canon because uh, <laughs> when you're debating something nerdily, fan fiction is cheating. Fair, um, fair, 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 fair. So we are doing Princess Leia versus Princess Zelda for which princess best battles true evil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and the opening debate is Mulan versus Brienne of Tarth for which warrior is the most honorable. Oh, y'all getting really, really creative with the weird matchups. I love it. Um, it's, uh, well, we it's... wanted Leia Zelda years ago, but with Carrie Fisher's death, we, we waited <sighs> a bit. So we put that one on hold. That's respectful. We feel excellence. like enough time has passed that we can do it now. We're all deep into celebrating Leia territory now. That's yeah. excellent. And yeah, February is the um, the uh, all, all women characters all, annual event. All female and female identifying and non-binary um, mm. debaters and topics. Uh, and our host is uh, Julia Lank. Awesome, who, has awesome, she awesome. been on Riverdale Gang? I feel like she must have been um, right She's now. been in the background of Riverdale Gang. Julia Lank lives with Fairleth at the moment. Julia so Lank, has... local comedian. She's hilarious. She hosts the show. <laughs> Her voice is echoed in your ears distantly and unidentifiedly. <laughs> uh, briefly. Yeah, um, it's a wonderful uh, live version of um, the internet debates of yore, except by professional comedians and super nerds. Um, you were on Team Bride, like, three yeah, days ago, Yeah, we just right? did John Wick versus The Bride from Kill Bill, a.k.a. Beatrix Kiddo, a.k.a. Black Mamba, a.k.a. Mummy. Yes! I missed it. I was sick. I am still almost done being sick. I it's believe. all good. It was, but, a, it was who, a great show. But who won? Uh, John Wick won that one. They John Wick came as three puppies uh, and made a bu- made nothing but jo- dog jokes, and we just couldn't compete with the <laughs> we, we couldn't compete. It for, was great. For reference, Andrew and his whole team were dressed up in uh, bridal gowns with katanas, uh, repping it, but... But we couldn't compete with dogs. No one can compete with dogs, not even brides. I was, in fact, late for this podcast recording, specifically because a dog distracted me. So, um, thanks, gang. Uh, thanks, Andrew. Thank and you so much. We'll see you next week. <laughs>